I first read the narrative of the tabernacle in Exodus 25 and the following chapters, I got very bored. I didn't understand what I could learn from it. But in fact, there's a great deal we can learn from it. Studying ancient architecture can actually help us when we are studying ancient buildings, like the tabernacle. <coughs> Some people take the features in the tabernacle as just symbols, like blue represents heaven, blood represents, uh, red represents the blood of Jesus, and so on. They say the number of cubits in the tabernacle represents the number of years until Jesus would come, even though we have no idea what year exactly the tabernacle was built. But these things, I think, are just speculation, uh, even though they've been repeated so many times that people often think that they're factual. But if you actually compare ancient temples and try to find out what the features of the tabernacle were like, we can learn a lot from that. Ramses apparently used Israelite slaves to build many temples in the delta region of Egypt. So Israelites knew what Egyptian temples looked like, often from the inside out. And some features of the tabernacle were just to connect with the Israelites like, hey, this is your temple for now. This is a place for God to dwell. Well, everyone understood that, that God wasn't limited to the temple, just because that was a special dwelling. Egyptian temples often painted the ceiling blue with stars and a vulture god to symbolize their deity's rule over all of the cosmos. Babylonians and Canaanites modeled their earthly temples and what they thought their deity's heavenly temple looked like. The tabernacle structure follows the standard Egyptian model for temples of gods and even for the houses of, of great kings, of pharaohs. You, you have uh, it quite differently in Mesopotamian temples where you'd zigzag all over the place to try to get back to the holiest shrine. In Egyptian temples, it was straightforward. You'd come in the outer entrance, you'd go back straight in a straight line to the, to the sanctuary, and you'd go back in a straight line to the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. Um, that, was, that was just what you expected. By the way, just like uh, Israel's tabernacle was in the midst of the camp, Pharaoh, who was considered a god, would set up his tent in the midst of the Egyptian army camp. The building techniques for the tabernacle that are described fit all those that were used in Egypt at that time. The construction methods, the materials, uh, the way of refining gold, the multiples for cubits, the use of tent shrines even. Uh, why does the tabernacle use acacia wood? Well, it burned only at high temperatures, thus it was useful in the altars. But also there's a very practical reason. It's about the only kind of wood that grows in the Sinai Desert. Otherwise, they probably would have used cedar of Lebanon. What do blue, red, and various metals represent? Well, it was customary to put the most costly materials and dyes nearest the inner sanctuary. Blue dye and pure gold were the most expensive, so naturally they're nearest the inner sanctuary. Skins dyed red and copper utensils are furthest from it, fitting the least expensive. This, in an ancient Near Eastern context, was meant to symbolize the awesomeness of the deity and the reverence with which one should approach the deity. The deity is holy, so the closer you get, the more reverence you show. Why the different items of what we call furniture in the tabernacle? Well, altars of sacrifice provided a way to show allegiance to a deity in a costly way. But when you burn flesh in sacrifices, you also have to have altars of incense to drown out that smell. And usually they had four horns in the ancient Near East, just like in the tabernacle. <coughs> Inner sanctums also had to have lampstands because they were shrouded from the profane light of the world 
If you didn't have lampstands, you'd trip over the altar and everything else. But these parallels with other temples make the contrasts all the more stark. Other ancient Near Eastern and North African temples had a chest of drawers and a bed so the god could be put to sleep at night and then given its morning toilet after being dressed in the morning. But there's none of this in the Lord's temple. For the Lord, the God of Israel, neither slumbers nor sleeps, Psalm 121. Some other temples also had smaller shrines for assistant deities on either side of the holiest place. But that's not in God's temple, because God says, You shall have no other gods in my sight. The climax of all other ancient Near Eastern temples was a statue of the deity atop the throne in the holiest place. But enthroned above the cherubim, there's no image of the Lord, because the Lord says we can make no graven image of him. What's the theology of the tabernacle? Not surprisingly, it's the theology of the Ten Commandments. Well, this also sets us up for learning more about the dwelling of God that we have in the New Testament. And with that, we go on to uh, building one new temple in Christ in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12.